Hey, this is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Tell me. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. Welcome if it's your first time tuning in. Today, I want to talk about the rise of the sacred feminine. Uh, this topic is very important and dear to my heart. Just as a human being existing in this world that is deep, deeply deprived of this energy. And so I want to talk about that and what it means to me as a man and what it could mean to other men. And also why I feel like it's so pivotal and so important for the feminine in general and everyone who's experiencing this awakening so yeah let's go into it so what i see as the rise of the sacred feminine is kind of similar to the movie the little mermaid so in the little mermaid there's this girl there's this mermaid named ariel that lives beneath the ocean and she desperately wants to come to the surface to interact with the humans on the surface to see the world above the ocean right experience it and uh, be a part of it and engage with it and so for me i see that film as a representation of the sacred feminine because it has been tucked below the ocean of our awareness it's been even even in the movie like her father wants her to stay there like he's embodying this patriarchal father and he's representing this energy, but he wants her to stay below the ocean, right? He doesn't want her to rise to the surface. He doesn't want her to go to the surface and interact and, you know, be visible to the world. He doesn't want that to happen. So for me, I see these energies that have kept, you know, the sacred feminine in kind of like this confined box of how she can express herself, how she can move and how she can engage with her own uh, intelligence, wisdom, sensuality, sexuality, and, and the power that she holds. I see the rise as breaking out of those cages, breaking out of those barriers, moving outside of those boundaries and discovering what it means to rise from that cage like free yourself from that cage and engage with the world conscious of your own power right engage with the world conscious of your own uh, beauty and wisdom and intelligence so the beauty about this rising is that it affects everyone because what i'm speaking about is not a gender i'm speaking about an energy and so when you think about feminine where i'm talking about yin right? Yin energy. And when you think about masculine, I'm talking about yang energy. So these are just energies that each of us carry within ourselves. So the rise of the feminine deeply impacts those that identify as men and deeply impacts those that 
and equally impacts those that identify as women. So we can see this visible in the way that men are beginning to engage with themselves. They're starting to understand that there is an importance to acknowledging their feelings, to acknowledging the depths of their pain, to no longer avoiding right the experiences or the turmoil that they're experiencing within and like not trying to tuck it away anymore, right? Not trying to kind of like with the image that I gave with Ariel, not trying to tuck it below the surface of their awareness, right? Allowing it to rise into the body and to be felt at the most steepest level, right? At the capacities that we can feel it. But there's this awareness that is permeating our collective consciousness where we are just each aware that the way that we've been relating to each other is no longer working. We've seen what world we build. We've seen the world that we can create when we prioritize or glorify the masculine principle. We've seen what the world looks like when that happens. And when we deny or negate the wisdom and the beauty of the feminine principle. So now there's this kind of emergence that is deeply impacting men in the way that they're relating to themselves, right? There's more embodiment being involved in masculine work, like in men's work. And embodiment just means the return to our bodies, right? It just means that I'm bringing my awareness into the spaces inside of my body, right? That need my love, care, and attention, right? And so from that place, it requires us to go inward. And that's why this is a byproduct of the rise of the sacred feminine, because feminine energy is inherently introverted, right? Masculine energy is inherently extroverted. So when I'm looking outside of myself for answers, right, for connection, for validation, I'm in my masculine energy, right? But when I'm turning inward and my energy is introverted, I'm connecting to the space inside of myself that is inherently feminine, right? So now men are being involved in work in which they're turning inward. But this is a call that everyone is a part of, right? There's this constant statement that's happening throughout every, every sphere of personal development, every sphere of you know anything conscious or self-aware or mindful that's talking about the importance of going inward, right? Stop looking outside of yourself for the answers that are already within. This is just a statement that's completely emphasizing the rise of the sacred feminine, right? The importance of looking inside of ourselves for the things that we feel we can't understand, right? It's just being able to turn inside and see where we can find the answers, right? Rather than relying to books, to libraries, uh, to professionals, to institutions, right? To systems of authority, which is important and has its place. But when it's over relied on, what happens is we lean more towards masculine aspects, right? Uh, like intelligence, like logic, like reasoning, right? And research, all of these things which are beautiful and have a wonderful place in, you know, how we relate to ourselves in the world. But when we don't honor intuition, right, we don't honor the wisdom of our bodies, we don't honor the intelligence of the heart as equally, what happens is there is an imbalance that manifests in different ways, but is, can be very corruptive 
if it goes unchecked. And this is what we've been experiencing. This energy, right? This masculine energy that's in a distorted shadow form, right? Going unchecked. When power goes unchecked like that, that's what you see as patriarchy, right? It's a masculine power that's not very masculine, but we'll just call it masculine for the purpose of this conversation, but it's unchecked, right? And so when it's unchecked, it becomes corrupted and it permeates every layer of consciousness, right? From the way we relate to our bodies, from the place we relate to our emotions, from the place in which we relate to ourselves, and from the place we relate to others. It permeates each of these fears. So this looks like the reason that men are equally as impacted by patriarchy as women. Because what I'm doing to myself when I uphold these ideas, right, when I prioritize my ability to logically understand the world, right, when I don't hold space for my emotions, when I don't prioritize the need for rest, all of these things, when I constantly see everything as uh, as competition, I don't find the capacity to cooperate with others. Right? This deeply impacts me on a on a, on a very uh, on a very basic level, right? Because my humanness is wired for connection. It's wired for cooperation. It's wired for seeing those around me, right, and connecting to them at the depths of who they are. But if I'm not open to expanding that sphere of myself, that sphere of my being, then I'm going to be half of myself. I'm only operating in half of what I'm capable of, right? I'm only existing on a certain spectrum that's limited, right? When I don't have access to everything else, right? When I don't have access to feel somebody, when I don't have access to deeply listen to somebody else's pain or to hold space for those emotions, right? Or to express my own emotions and the grief that I'm carrying, there's just a deep loss of connection that I experience within that process. And so with the rise of the sacred feminine, it allows men to hold spaces like they're doing now, which looks like these men's groups that are happening where men are just doing things that women have been doing for 5,000 years, right? And saying, yo, let's hold space for our experience, right? Let's talk about our grief. Let's hold our rage. Let's you know, see each other, right, beyond the veneers or the masks that we wear throughout the day, right? And so the impact of this is really, really, really amazing because when that's happening at just the relationship we have with ourselves, it will naturally impact the systems and the society and the culture in which we exist in, right? Because the reason that the patriarchy exists in such in such a exacerbated and um, aggressive way is because it's upheld internally, right? It's upheld internally. It's maintained internally. And this looks like when me as a man has a set of emotions that arise, right? And I talk that away. I imprison that energy and I tell it not to get out, right? Because it's hindering my relationship to my goals or it's hindering my relationship or the validation or respect I get from other men, right? I imprison that energy and I don't allow it to come out. This right here in just this one space with myself is reflected outside in the systems that I exist in, 
where women, right, are then imprisoned into a certain expression of themselves to cater to the needs of men, to cater to the needs of the world, and to prioritize everyone else but themselves. But what I'm saying is that in the relationship I have with myself, that is currently happening, right? It's, it's happening. It's visible. Look at every man that you feel is disconnected from themselves. That relationship, right, that level of communication is already happening. So what I'm saying is that the system is upheld within because the system existed inside before it was manifested and created externally. So when I started doing that to myself, I became okay with doing it to others, right? That's just me. Just say me as a man. I'm the, I'm the first person that started the idea of patriarchy, right? I conceived this concept, right? It was because I first started doing it with myself. And if I'm okay with doing it to myself, I have no problem with doing it to others, right? I have no problem scaling that concept and expanding it into a culture and expanding that culture into a system of relating, right? I don't have a problem with that because that's how I relate to myself. So I can't feel the pain that I'm causing myself. So how can I feel the pain that I'm causing others? I can't. And that is the dance of relating. I can only feel you to the capacities that I can feel myself, right? And so intimacy is when I'm feeling you as I'm feeling myself. So I cannot feel you in the spaces that I have not felt within me and that I'm also afraid of exploring. I can't. So this is important to recognize that when we are now changing the relationship we have with ourselves, this ripples out into the culture that we exist in, right? Because what is society, what is a culture, but a collective of relationships, right? Society just means relationships. So if each of these relationships look exactly the same, in which emotions are not valued, intuition is not honored, nobody is home in their bodies, right? Everything is externalized. This is the society that we exist in. And the culture will uphold that, will reflect that every time. The rise of the sacred feminine allows us to go inward where we stop externalizing everything, but we start looking at ourselves and finding where is it in me, right? The things that I'm deeply disgusted by, the things that I judge, the things that I hate so much in the world, where is that in me, right? The feminine principle allows me to explore that allows me to answer these questions or to look for these answers within myself, right? Because it's holding this paradox. And that paradox is just because it exists outside doesn't mean that it doesn't also exist in me, right? Sometimes we have this either or way of relating to the world, which is inherently masculine. The masculine energy is essentially like a sword that cuts reality into right or wrong, bad or good, right, left or right. That is masculine, right? Because it needs to discern and decipher, right, where something goes. It needs to assimilate, like, where does this thing go? And I can't know where that thing goes unless I separate it from its other. 
unless I create a contrast or unless I recognize its differences, right? That's the masculine. But the feminine allows us to see both and, right? This ability to hold the paradox. And so that paradox in relationship to ourselves looks like, okay, that thing exists in the world and it possibly could exist in me. I can hate this thing outside and I could possibly recognize that it also dwells in me, right? Sometimes we see things in the external world and we're like, oh my God, it just exists out there, right? Because it's external. I can't hold the truth that it also might be a part of my being. It also might be a part of my shadow, right? It might also be something that I'm afraid of looking at. And that's why I reject it whenever I see it externalized. So I don't want people to get confused with this understanding that the rise of the feminine, right, means that there's going to be a rise of the matriarchy, right? To where it's like, oh, like, okay, we're throwing out the patriarchy and now we're like embracing matriarchy, right? Or matriarchal systems, right? No, that's not what's happening because both powers, right, are inherently toxic. Both powers are rooted in shadow. Too much of anything is always going to be toxic on some level, right? Even water, even breath, even food, right? You consume too much of that shit and your body is going to reject it or your body is going to become very sick. So when we have a system like patriarchy, which is a dominance-based hierarchy, where everything is about either or, Everything is about power. Everything is about domination. Everything is about assertiveness and intellect and, and caste systems, right? So when that's happening, right, it's too much of masculine energy. It's just too much of it where it, it, it's, it, it, has no, it has no place to allow another energy to breathe, right? It doesn't give, it doesn't give breath or it doesn't give space to another energy like the feminine. Right. It's too much. And I don't want to confuse. I don't want anyone to get confused with patriarchy and masculinity. These are not the same things, but I'm just using the aspects in which patriarchy is essentially motivated by. Right. To kind of connect that back to the masculine principle. But masculinity and patriarchy are not synonymous. Right. Let's just get that understood. So when there is an overhaul of that energy right? It is always going to be distorted, corrupt, and toxic. And so matriarchy is just more subtle. As I said earlier, patriarchy is extroverted. Matriarchy would then be introverted, right? It's an introverted, subtle energy, right? But it's there. It holds the same principles that are being upheld in the patriarchy, Right. And this is visible in this movie called uh, The Hunger Games, where you recognize that I think it's in the third one where it's this man that was officially in power and he represented the patriarchy. Right. But then there's this woman that starts to come into power. Right. And she's receiving the support of the collective. She's re receiving the support of Katniss and all of this. Right. But then later on, we start to notice that she's no different from the man that was in position. There's no difference between them. She's just a little more subtle with the things that she's doing. But the language is the same. The actions, the, the energy beneath the actions are the same. 
It's just taking a different form. And again, the man's form, the patriarchal's form is going to be very extroverted. It's going to be visible to you, right? Because that's the energy that it operates from. It's an, ex it's an externalized way of experiencing the world. But you have this matriarchal way that's going to be subtle. It's going to be introverted. And it's going to require you to be very sensitive to pick it up, right? So in the film, it took a while for everyone to notice, because like I said, it's subtle, that this woman that was now stepping into position of power to replace, right, the patriarchy was actually no different from him, right? She was just in a different skin suit. There's this illusion or this is lie or this myth that matriarchy is better than patriarchy, right? We need women to run the world instead of men, which is not true. There has been matriarchies before and those didn't work either. So there's a reason that neither one of these actually help better the, the planet, actually progress us as humans, right? Is because what we're looking for is the balance between the values, right? So masculine values must be as equally important as feminine values, our world is deprived of feminine values. We don't respect feminine values, right? We glorify, romanticize masculine values over these other ones, right? That's the issue, right? It's, it's not about let's get more men in power or let's get more women in power. It's about how can we honor the feminine values and how can those be expressed right? And embodied within our systems, within our institutions, within the way we relate to one another, and in the way we relate to in business, right? In, in religion, all of these things, are they upholding feminine values? And when you look at what feminine values are, you see how deprived the world is of them. But we see that, uh, that desperation for the feminine values, and we think we need more women in power, but we just need people that are capable of upholding these feminine values, right? And that looks like men and women. That looks like everyone. You see, it's not just women that's going to bring that forward. It means that everyone must bring that forward, right? And those feminine values are cooperation, liberation, unity, equality, right? Community. Our world is deprived of these values, right? So when you look at equality, we're deprived of equality, right? Women are seen as unequal to men, right? And this imbalance of power is reflected in the relationships. But also, when you look at our relationship with the earth, there are certain animals that are more equal of respect and love than other ones. Oh, I love a dog and a cat, but a pig and a chicken, you know what? Mm, they're not as worthy or equal to receive that level of care and attention right? To receive that level of empathy. So our empathy has boundaries now, which is, a, which is a lack of feminine values. Because this is the thing, when we respect the feminine principle, we also learn to respect life. Because there's no way that I can be connected to my own feminine energy, to my own feminine values, right? And then kill another human being, or uphold a system that allows other humans to be persecuted, to be judged, to be oppressed, right? 
because they're different from me. There's no, there's no way, there's no possible way that I could allow that to happen. Because when I respect the feminine principle, I respect all forms of life, right? Because I'm rooted in the part of myself that sees the unity within each of our experiences, right? I can see others and recognize that we're both unique human beings, that we're both unique children of the earth. And I mean pigs, chickens, dogs, cats, birds, trees. I can recognize them as all a part of one beautiful sphere of unity, right? And from that, I know that if I harm them, right, if I inflict pain on their experience, I'm also doing it to myself, right? So that's what I mean. It's my ability to hold that paradox because I'm looking at them as outside of me. That's true. That's a fact, right? But I'm like, they're out there and I'm over here. That's a fact. But my ability to hold the truth that if I inflict pain on them, if I harm them, if I don't hold space for their experience, I'm also doing that to myself, right? If I cause sadness on another human being, if I inflict pain on somebody else, on some level, I'm going to feel that. Whether I'm aware of it or not, it's going to happen. I can only do that if I respect these feminine values. If I can see the interconnectedness between all relationships. And that's what life really means. Life means infinite relationship. The only reason that I exist here today is because of all the people that existed before me, right? It's because all of the, 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 the rocks that formed, right? All of the dirt that formed, all of the, the experiences that the earth has gone through to manifest my physical body today, right? The evolution and the progression of consciousness that allowed me to be able to think and move and relate to myself in this way, right? I'm a product of all the things that have happened on earth, all the things that have happened in my lineage, right? All of the things that have happened within my bloodline. So my life is a reflection of the infinite nature of all of my relationships. This is what it means to be rooted and connected to my feminine values. I can visibly see this, right? And I'm sensitive to it. That's the other part is most of us are just cognizant of it, but we're not sensitive to it, right? So being cognizant of it is being rooted in our masculine principle where we're just hoarding knowledge, right? We're just new things that we memorize. Like, oh, okay, I get that. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. You know, empathy. Cool. That's a beautiful value, right? But am I sensitive to that? Do I feel the depths of pain I cause others when I'm unconscious? Do I feel the depths of pain I cause the earth when I remain unconscious? Do I feel the depths of pain I cause other animals and beautiful creatures when I'm unconscious? No, I can't say that, right? So it means I'm not sensitive to it, but it just means that the feminine aspect of that wisdom is not present. It remains, it's not even wisdom. It remains simply as knowledge, right? So when we can bring in the feeling, when we can bring in the direct experience of that knowledge, it then becomes wisdom, right? And wisdom comes from the feminine <laughs> because even the goddess Sophia, Sophia means wisdom, 
wisdom comes from wisdom comes from the goddess Sophia. So this is what I'm saying is that even our ability to accumulate some level of wisdom in our lives is our ability to tune into our internal experience, to reflect, to look at the, the decisions that have brought us where we're at today, right? To look at the interconnectedness between each of our relationships. That, that is a function of the feminine. So I think there's so much beauty that can come from this on a systemic level, because when men, like when men are respecting the feminine, what happens is that we also honor its cycles, right? Like we honor the feminine cycles of rest, right? We prioritize rest for ourselves, we prioritize rest for others. And that means like we, we become interested in what's happening within the experience of other women, right? And that looks like, wait, like, don't you have a cycle that you go through for 28 days? Like what happens in that cycle? There's a spring, there's a summer, there's an autumn, and there's a winter. Wait, during that autumn and winter phase, you probably need a lot of rest, right? You probably need to prioritize your ability to turn inward, to relax, and to just be with yourself. Now imagine if men as a collective start to honor that experience. What happens is that we won't see women working during their autumn and winter phases of their cycle, right? Because I can honor that, right? Let's say me as a man, I'm in a position of power, right? And I'm attuned, I'm attuned to this. I'm attuned to the cycles and the rhythms of a woman's body. And I'm like, yo, like that menstrual period is intense, right? Women need rest during that time. So what happens is I generate systems and processes that honor that experience because I understand it and I see it to be sacred. So when I see something to be sacred, like a woman, it means that I realize that she exists beyond what she can do for me. She has an existence beyond what she provides, what she gives, and what she offers to my experience, right? That's me recognizing her as sacred, right? Because if I don't recognize something as sacred, it just means I only see it within the realms and the confines of what it does for me. So seeing the earth as sacred is knowing that the earth has an existence, has a life, has an intelligence way beyond what it serves and provides for me, right? The trees, the, the animals, the people, right? People, seeing, seeing people as sacred, right? Just means that I know that they have an existence. They have a, a quality about their life. They have a quality about who they are that exists beyond how it serves me. So if I'm a man, right, and I have an understanding of that, I then will naturally be interested in creating systems that reflect that. But currently what we're seeing is systems that don't reflect that. Why? Because men as a collective don't honor the feminine, right? And if I don't honor the feminine, I won't honor her cycles. I won't honor what she goes through. I'll tell her to tough it out, like keep, keep it pushing, right? Work, 
when you're on your period. Work when you're intensely bleeding. Work when you're pregnant, right? That's what that's going to look like. And that's what it looks like now. Because I don't, like a woman is carrying a child and nurturing the birth of that child, the maturation of that fetus. And I'm like, you know what? I need you to work for at least five or six of those months that you're going through that intense experience, right? And then once you come out of that, I'm going to need you to get back to work. That's what it looks like when we don't honor the feminine. That's what it looks like when we don't respect the cycles and the rhythms of the feminine, right? These systems directly reflect that. The lack of respect we have for women. And what I'm talking about is just the feminine. Like it manifests as women, but what I'm talking about is the feminine. The feminine means process. The feminine means rest. The feminine means nurturing, right? The time it takes to nurture a creation, right? I'm holding a baby inside of me. I'm nurturing that. That needs to be respected, right? And what does that look like when it's respected? It looks like women getting, you know, time off after they find out that they're pregnant, right? It looks like women after they're pregnant, having time to recover and having systems that support that, that support that level of rest, that support that level of recovery. And so I can talk about all day how this can look like on a religious scale, on a political scale, on a the scale of our culture, even the scale of our way of relating to God. You know, it's, 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 it's everywhere though, right? The lack of the respect, the lack of the honoring of the feminine, it's everywhere, right? Even in my idea that God is a father, that God is a man, it's visible, right? There are verses in the Bible that talk about the queen of heaven, but nobody is talking about that. That's not emphasized, right? Even when you think of Mary Magdalene, right? Her experience, her wisdom, and even the teachings that she brought forward to Yeshua, to Jesus, right? Aren't really like talked about, right? It's just only recent that the Catholic church had to acknowledge her as an apostle of the apostles, right? Because her wisdom and her, the, her life was just, it just couldn't be denied anymore. But this is what I mean is just that we want to deny it. We want to negate it. We want to cast it away as, oh, she was just a woman, right? Or it wasn't that important, right? There's a verse in the Bible that talks about burning incense to the queen of heaven. But it's, nah, we don't, we, we don't have to talk about that, right? That's not that important, right? But it is. What does it mean to burn incense to the queen of heaven? Who is the queen of heaven? Do I have a relationship with the queen of heaven? Do I see her right? Do I see statues of her in my external world? Do I see spaces and sanctuaries and temples where she's being worshiped, right? And honored? I don't, right? But what does that do to me? Like what, how does that affect my relationship with myself when I don't see visible images of what I would see as the queen of heaven, as what I would see as a holy mother or a divine mother, how does that impact the relationship I have with myself? And then how does that impact the relationship I have with women? Am I going to honor them? Right? I might not. I might not see them as sacred. Right? I might not see their, their intelligence as that important. Because I'm being told that my creator is a man. 
so this is it goes so deep in how these systems or these ways of relating to ourselves are visibly present within every sphere of our world i feel that you know the rise of the feminine completely starts to restructure and reconfigure the way we relate to reality and the way we relate to ourselves but also the way we relate to what we feel is god and what we feel is our own spiritual connection right and the beauty about that is it's happening now right we can look in our lives and like there's so much awakening of what i'm speaking about right there's so much that people are waking to around us and and i think it's really 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 beautiful i think it's a pivotal pivotal time that we're in um where there will be a lot of things that will have to be dismantled and crumbled and destroyed and burned to make room for this world that I'm talking about right now but the world is already there it's just can we hold space for it can we welcome it can we receive it and can we become an invitation for it to ground itself right as our new reality as our new earth as our new world right and so that is going to require a lot of internal cleaning a lot of internal purification because these systems like we're the ones upholding them right let's on every every layer you can see that the only person that is causing you to do this is yourself right you're the one that's upholding it you're the one that's maintaining it you're the one in your relationship that's operating in an imbalance of power you're the one that's prioritizing your needs above the other person's right this is it's you you're doing it but this is the same thing that I'm talking about is happening in the world so it always always ends and begins with us so i think when i think the time we're in now is kind of doing that internal cleaning but there will be an external externalized reflection of that process which looks like worlds burning like literally worlds burning literally systems falling apart and it's not going to be pretty right anyone that's on the healing journey knows that it it's it's not a pretty process it's not glitz and glamour and rainbows and unicorns it's literally like mud dirt tears blood and sweat that's the reality of it right but if you understand the reality of that then you can understand the trajectory of where our world is going to and what will actually be manifested outside like how will that look like externalize it won't just be a a goodbye to the old systems and they just you know kindly leave no they're going to go but they won't leave without a fight just like your old ways of relating to yourself your toxic patterns right they don't leave without a fight they'll fight you right they'll say no i'm here to stay right i have something to say i'm important right i matter i'm more important than this other thing that you're trying to bring in now imagine that externalized right so what i'm saying is these systems are not going to go without a fight these groups of people as well that uphold these systems and have maintained them for thousands of years will not go without a fight and so that's the beauty of 
the feminine is that when it's respected, there is the rise of the sacred masculine, right? And the sacred masculine is able to meet this energy. I think for me, it looks like just being able to create systems, create structures that are capable of initiating the death of these systems, to create a system that initiates the death of an old system, right? And I think that looks a lot like what people are talking about online, where it's like decentralized systems or decentralized ways of relating when it comes to currency, when it comes to um, you know social platforms, when it comes to the internet, when it comes to privacy, all of these things that are important, but they're there is what I'm saying that when I bring in a system like cryptocurrency that is decentralized, right? It is a system that I'm bringing in to initiate the death of another system because you can't pull a brick out, right? Of a foundation without having one to replace it. Once you pull that out, everything is going to fall apart, but you need to have something that replaces that once you do. Because it's not just, oh, it needs to fall away. It needs to crumble. It needs to die. But what do you have to replace it once it does? Like, what are you going to put there once it falls apart? Right? What are you going to replace it with? And so the beauty about coming back to what I'm talking about with the feminine values is that recognizing that everything that we need is also already here. Right? The systems that we want that nourish us, that nourish our values, that replenish us as human beings, and that allow us to connect to ourselves on a deeper level, right, are already here. They're already here. Nature has already designed them. So the ability that the feminine offers is ability to reconnect and ability to come home, right? Coming home is me recognizing that I did leave a home, that I walked away, that I went outside to explore something that I was always that was always with me. So the awareness of that allows me to also let go of what I think I'm perfecting as a human being. There's nothing that I perfecting here, right? I can't perfect what's made by God. I can only convince myself that I'm perfecting it. I can only convince myself that I'm doing it better than God. But when I release that, right, that need to improve things, the need to search for what exists beyond it, the need for excavation or the need for a, a journey with a destination. But when I relax that thought, when I relax that part of myself for a moment, I can rest into what is already here, right? And what is already here are systems that support exactly what we're looking for as human beings, right? To allow us to flourish, blossom, and um, connect to each other on a deeper level. So with that said, I'm in this episode here. Uh, thank you so much for joining me if you made it this far. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with anyone else that you feel would find resonance or you receive some value from this. And with that said, I uh, wish you a beautiful day or a beautiful evening wherever you are. And uh, peace. I'll see you on the next one.